1: Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Live around
2: Australia on SEN, welcome to Off the Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Welcome to Off The Tee, our dedicated golf show on SEN. Uh, Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you. Uh, Nick, great to have you as always. No better person to speak to about all the doings in golf than the former world number 16, the only man with the two zip record against Tiger Woods in match play golf. Hello, mate. Good evening, Sam. Great to have another chat. You know, I never get sick of introducing you like that. Do you <laughs> Be honest. Do you ever get sick of hearing it? Not really, no. no. <laughs> um, and, and you know, you know the best part, and I'm going to I hate
0: to blow my own horn, but in the US, yeah. they used to call me Tiger Slayer. And I thought oh, that, that was actually yes. a, that was actually a pretty cool <laughs> nickname over there, but I never use it myself.
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. This is not where we're going to start. But what we need to do before we finish up um, is, is go back and try and find some of the response to you doing what you did, not once but twice. The US media, the first time you beat him, what was the response like? Well, the
0: first time I beat him, I actually had to go back out and play again. So I didn't really have a time to do an interview, to be honest. And yeah. I had no idea what Tiger said, because I was back out there playing against Luke Donald in the afternoon. <laughs> now the second one, that was big. And yeah. uh, there, there's some pretty good footage about some stuff there. So we'll, we'll delve into that at one we'll point. Do,
2: um, d- did you, what's the best thing that got said about you? And then what did you think was the most insulting <laughs> thing that got said about you? <laughs>
0: By the media or well, I used to get criticized a lot because I hadn't won in the US and you know I was top twenty in the world. And they said, How can you justify that? And I said, Well, turns out I'm pretty consistent. So (laughs) and I managed to beat pretty handy players. So um
2: But when you when you beat him, like Mm. was there something that was said that we're like, Oh wow, that's that's really kind of you. And then did someone sort of say, How on earth is it like you know Oh
0: yeah, they always said, How the did you do that? How did you um, beat well, him? Well, I, I, sh- I found his weaknesses, so he doesn't like short-hitting
2: left-handed Australians. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific weakness, That's his right. kryptonite. Um, well, there's a heap for us to get through. Uh, you've teed up another a very special guest with us. Um, we've, it's been a pleasure, as the Australian summer has unfolded, that we've been speaking to all the winners of the tournaments uh, each and every week on Off the Tee. Uh, so Aaron Wilkin, who won um, the Queensland PGA, his first ever um his first ever professional win yeah it was a fantastic uh, climax to the tournament too he he won
0: in a playoff second week in a row we've had a playoff against uh, justin warren and funnily enough he he was rooming with him as well for Mm. the tournament so uh, aaron lives close by to the golf course and uh, basically gave justin warren a bed for the week and got some home cooking from his mum and all this and uh yeah they were roomies and uh, they're in the playoffs. so very exciting
2: uh it certainly was um we're going to speak to him uh, coming up a, a little bit later on. The um, the the finish to the uh the DP world uh, the DP Tour World cha- uh, I'm going to get the uh the DP World Tour Championship uh, was incredible. Um, before we hear the audio of John Rahm winning, um, what this was a, a big build up to this tournament because there was a lot of machinations and permutations around what Rory needed to do um to to, to claim the overall um and what needed to happen what couldn't happen and and the ins and outs uh, and all that um it, it was good to see as as much attention on the dp as there has been in recent memory with yeah. this no for, for sure it's a, it's the a season ending finale for the dp
0: world tour top 50 players go and play this uh, season ending event and as you said there is a lot of permutations in these season finales because Rory was trying to do something which hadn't been done before. Well, it has been done before. I think Hendrik Stenson might have done it where he won the FedEx Cup in the US and also won the uh, the European version of that as well on the DP World Tour. And Rory was trying to do the same. It also solidified him as number one in the world as well. Uh, John Rahm was you know, obviously trying to win the tournament and get up as far as he could. But Rory, just he, he almost had to have basically a top five or a top six or something like that. I can't remember what the actual uh, rankings was, depending on what other players did. Ryan Fox was the was an next best player to him. And Ryan sort of finished a little bit down the list as the week went on. So it was a great finish. Um, you know, in the end, John Rahm really fought it out with uh, Tyrrell Hatton. You had uh, Alex Norrin there, Matt Fitzpatrick and Rory McIlroy. I mean, the leaderboard was incredible for the European tour. They... They loved all those names up there. And um, and John just, in the end, outclassed them all to win by a couple of shots. So it was, a, it was a fantastic week to, well, end of the week to what was, I guess you could say, a controversial start of the week when we had John Rahm talking about world ranking points, mm. um, Rory McIlroy talking about Live Golf and Greg
2: Norman, and it was
0: all happening. <laughs>
2: uh, this is when John Rahm um, got it done to get uh, a hat-trick of DP World Tour Championship wins. Well, it's not going to be a birdie. It doesn't matter, though.
1: And John Ryan's phenomenal success over the Earth course continues. He becomes the first man to wrap up three DP World Tour Championship titles. And he has won three times in four appearances here at the Earth course in the DP World Tour Championship. Nothing short of remarkable.
2: Uh, it certainly is. So it was uh, John Rahm who, who did it um, at, uh, I don't know if you've played at uh, the Jumeirah Golf Estate Earth course um, in Dubai, Nick. Um, I, I have not, but I've seen it on the TV
0: quite a number of times. This was a course which uh, was after my time playing the European Tour when they first started going uh, over there when they changed it to the DP World Tour Championship. But this was his fifth Rolex win. Now, Rolex events over there are the most elevated events, kind of like the ones we see in the U.S., that they're elevating at the moment. And he loves this golf course. As uh, the interviewer there said, uh, he's played four times. I think he's won three and had it the other time. He was a top five. So he's just absolutely killing it over there. And it continues his love affair with the golf course. Uh, And as I said, Rory McIlroy, he was the other person that was, I guess on everyone's mind because he topped the rankings uh, in partnership with Rolex. And he also won the Harry Varden trophy for the fourth time, which is the scoring averages over there. And obviously stays number one in the world while also being the FedEx Cup champion. So, I mean, Rory McIlroy's year has been Extraordinary. unbelievable since the Masters. He's played in 16 events, won three times, 11 top fives, and hasn't finished outside the top four in his last six starts. I mean, it is incredibly consistent golf. But you know what? I reckon he'd give all of that up for one major this year because that's the one thing that I'm missing off his resume. Runners up. Twice, yeah. running up at the Masters,
2: and end up being third, third at, at the, the open. open.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: And I think he's been top. He
0: was top ten in both the others. Yeah, I think he was. He was very high up in the others. Uh,
2: this is um, a little bit of audio they captured when John Rahm. So John Rahm won uh, the tournament, but Rory McIlroy, because he finished fourth, he finishes as the DP and the European number one. Uh, this was them uh, moments after John Rahm came off course.
1: Good plan. Great year. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Thank you. i to once this year. <laughs> All right, let's go. He's won about 20 European Tour events since I, la- I won my last one.
2: <laughs> that was just a bit of uh, them. And, and it was uh, Rory, interesting the comments that Rory McIlroy made that he, he believes that he's certainly in the conversation as the best player in the world right now. And he said, but this guy is right alongside me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, where does that,
0: does that ring true for you? Absolutely. Yeah. John Rahm. I mean, his season hasn't been quite as good as Rory, but every time they go to Europe, John Rahm just seems to to win over there. It's amazing his record over there, but you know, he, he still had an incredible year. I think he's number two. What is he number three in the world now, John Rahm, maybe number four, something like that. He had slept a little since he was at number one, But he just keeps racking up these amazing uh, performances on the DP World Tour. He won in Spain, up in Madrid, uh, probably about six weeks ago as well. And that was an incredible win for him there on home soil to uh, equal Seve Bay Steris' record as well as
2: uh, three Spanish Opens. Uh, So John Rahm at the moment, just on the official uh, World Golf rankings, he sits actually number five. Number five, okay. Yeah, That's I thought you were right with I number thought. four. So Cam Smith mm. is still number three in the world. McIlroy, one. Scheffler two. Cam Smith is still three. Cantlay is four. Rahm, Chaufilet, Zalatoris, Thomas, Matt Fitzpatrick, Colin Morikawa are the top ten uh, currently. Um, this was uh, Rory McIlroy um, on his golf uh, just after uh, he came off, uh, just after securing the European number one.
1: You know, when you get to this level, it's like, okay, how can you make those incremental improvements to get better and I think you know my my goal has been to just become a more complete golfer and I I feel like I'm I'm on the journey to doing that but I definitely I'm as as as, I'm as complete a golfer as I feel like I've ever been and and hopefully I can continue
0: on that on that path many many congratulations great going Ross cheers Tim thank you
2: Uh, so that was Rory McIlroy there's a, a ton of audio that we could have gone through um and we will hear a little bit We'll speak to Rory's comments about Greg Norman and about what he believes needs to happen if there is to be peace between uh, the Live Tour and the PGA. Um, there's a ton more for us to get through, but um, uh, the best of the Aussies um, in the, uh, at the DP World Tour Championship?
0: Well, it was just uh, Minwoo Lee playing yeah. for, for Australia. He uh, ended up finishing tied for 12th. And as I said, the New Great Zealander, effort. yeah, really impressive uh, performance by him. And, and the New, Z- New Zealander, Ryan Fox, who had a chance to perhaps take down Rory if he'd have won the golf tournament. But um, as it turned out, uh, he finished in 19th position. But in still, an incredible year for Ryan Fox. I mean, he's jumped so many places in the world rankings and won twice and a bunch of runner-ups and thirds and fifths. It's just been an amazing year. And he's coming down here to play this week the Royal uh, at Royal Queensland in the Australian PGA Championship and also the Australian Open. So fans are in for a treat if you go out and watch Ryan Fox. He is a
2: massive hitter of the golf ball. Uh, Looking forward to that. Rory McIlroy was pretty quick to point out uh, just how well John Rahm had been going. But he did point out uh, as well that it had been seven years since he'd been able to achieve um, uh, that feat of being the European number one. Uh, It's been a long time. It sort of shows, I suppose, is a dip the right word for Rory? Well, he's been focusing a lot of his attention over in the
0: US and, and to play both tours and try and win on both sides uh, of the pond, I guess you'd say, is very, very difficult. The last person I think to do it was Henrik Stenson. I don't know how many years ago. That was probably half a dozen years ago, but to play both sides of the pond and at an elite level and try and win, you know, the, the, the rankings or the point system on both sides is incredibly different, uh, difficult. And Rory's year as he said, I mean, he's just an absolute complete golfer at the moment, and uh, I can see him winning multiple majors in the years to come. Now, will it happen? Uh, you never know. I'd love to see him get that green jacket, the elusive green jacket that he's been after. So uh, I think the next Masters, which is the
2: first major next year, there's going to be some build-up to that and some excitement. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about uh, the live v PGA battle and where that sits at the moment. Ian Baker Finch has weighed in. I spoke to ABC uh, earlier Um in the week um, and I want to, I want to, early in the week, it's Monday. Uh, In the last few days, he spoke to the ABC. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to play that for you uh, on the other side of this. This is Off The Tee, Sam Hargraves, Nick O'Hearn on SEN. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, Aaron Wilkin, the Queensland PGA winner, is going to join us uh, in about 10 minutes' time. And uh, don't forget, uh, all thanks to Ping Golf Equipment, so you can play your best. uh, The Ping Golf Equipment Play Your Best Golf Tip of the Week from Nick Ahern's how to play your best golf uh, before we finish up. Um, But Nick, interesting, you mentioned the build-up to uh, the DP World Tour Championship, and you spoke about... um, Rory McIlroy has continued to sort of be at the forefront, even more so than Tiger has uh, in terms of being the voice and the face in the defence of the PGA and has certainly been, hasn't been backward in coming forward about his condemnation. The, 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 I suppose, the spite in it has has reduced significantly, but he is still very much championing the PGA cause. But now has talked about being open to conversations and peace Mm. talks and things like that and was asked about it leading in to the the DP World Tour Championship uh, in Dubai. And he said, look, there's obviously two lawsuits going on at the minute, the PGA Tour versus Liv, and then there's the one coming up with DP World Tour in Feb. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, If those two things are still going on from whatever happens with those two cases, I'd like to see a few things on the live side to happen. I think Greg needs to go. I think he just needs to exit stage left. He's made his mark, but I think now is the right time to sort out to sort of say, look, you've got this thing off the ground, but no one is going to talk unless there's an adult in the room that can actually try to mend fences. And if those two things happen, then things can change. But right now it's a stalemate because there can't be any other way. So he's been outspoken throughout. Greg Norman, um, before that, had stated that he thinks that every PGA Tour player should and uh, should be thanking Liv for forcing the PGA to introduce the sweeping changes that they have, which we've discussed at length. He said competition is the best thing for everybody. Competition is the best thing for the PGA Tour. The players on the PGA Tour are the beneficiaries of what Liv have done Every PGA Tour player should be thanking Liv, including Tiger and Rory. Prize money wouldn't have increased without Liv. All these other ancillary things have been introduced by the PGA Tour because of Liv. Competition is the best thing in life, in business and in sport. Liv is not going anywhere. Liv is just going to get better and better. Liv Golf has only just begun. Is there a question in there? Well, we're just updating uh, no, okay. people on what's been said. No, I'm kidding. There is an element of truth to what yes. Greg... Well, actually, there's a lot of truth to what Greg has said. That Those changes that we've been applauding have really been as a result of Live coming in and the amount of players and the calibre of players that have jumped to Liv. I spoke to Steve Alcott the other day, who, who just won the Charles Schwab and mm. who's doing the, playing the best golf of his life in his 50s on the, the PGA Senior Championship Tour. Um he said that if he had have had that guaranteed half a million because he had and lost his PGA card within yes, a year three yeah. times, mm. he said if he had have known that he had a guarantee half a mil, he said, I think that would have made a massive difference. He oh. said it would have made me sleep a lot easier. It would have had me a lot more relaxed when I was playing.
0: Yeah, the changes they brought in, that, that uh, what is it, Players Earnings Assurance Program, which is, yeah, as you mentioned, half a million dollars at the start of the year, goes to everyone that is exempt to help pay their expenses for the year because... You tend to rack up a lot of expenses playing the PGA Tour now, depending on whether you do it in style or whether you do it on a budget, that's for sure. But uh, little bits and pieces like that that they've brought in, and obviously the the elevated uh, tournaments and things, they are definitely a result of Live. So Live has been good mm. for golf. The disruption's been great now. As we've always spoken along, does it have its place uh, amongst all the other tours, or is it going to join other tours? I don't really see that happening it's, uh, it's that exhibition style, which they've always spoken about
2: and, and it, it could fit in somewhere in the schedule for sure. So the, the interesting thing there from Rory though, is that if, if we are going to have peace talks, Greg's, yeah, Greg's got to go. <laughs> so they won't even come to the table. Yeah, and that- I don't think Jay Monaghan from the PGA, he and Greg aren't, um, they're not exchanging Christmas cards this year. I wouldn't have thought. No, there's so, history
0: there, that's for sure, between Greg Norman and the PGA Tour. And, and But the, the comment that really stood out was there needs to be an adult in the room oh yeah, from so Rory. That was a good yeah,
2: one. A little backhander yeah. on the way through. It, so I find this fascinating that now we've got to a point where it, we're openly discussing the possibility of, okay, well, maybe there's an opportunity to talk, but not while Greg's there. Um, I want to play what. It's a long bit of audio, but Ian Baker Finch was um, it was uh, interviewed by the ABC a couple of days ago, and was asked about this very thing. And this is what he had to say.
1: I think it will be difficult. It's mm. it's been um, disruptive, combative. Um, it, it doesn't need to be that way. I think there is uh, a way where we can we can all live in harmony with without being so combative. You know, being being honest about it. And, and perhaps that is changing the leader um, to, to make that a possibility, if you will. I mean, Greg's always going to have a great iconic heritage here in Australia. For 10 years, he was golf in Australia. He was the leader in the world of golf. He's always going to have a place in the history in Australian golf. But um, I, I don't know whether this is doing his legacy um, any favours. Um, and. I kind of understand where, where Rory's coming from. Yeah, that, that seems to be the, the most common thread that most people bring up, that he has a bit of a, a bee in his bonnet for what he wanted to achieve 30 years ago with a world tour, if you will, and, and that wasn't achievable at that time, and perhaps he's always thought about it. And maybe in his mind he is uh, shaking up the game of golf by offering a different product um i can't say it's good for the game though i I don't i don't think Mm -hmm. it's golf the way we know it i don't think it's um giving back to golf you know when they come and play they're just going to leave there's no money going to junior golf or junior golf programs or uh, any of the, the programs that we have um laboriously set up and positioned and and worked on for decades here in australia to create create pathways and junior programs. I mean, golf's very healthy for young boys and girls coming through and wanting to play, you know? And I just don't see that side of it at all. I just see a bunch of guys, yes, they're competing, but it's a bunch of guys that already have a lot of money playing for a lot more money. Um, I don't see that being good for golf necessarily.
2: So that was Ian Baker Finch on ABC. He did go on to say that there is a place for live, almost like a Formula One style thing, where they go from city to city. It's a big event. It's a, it, as you say, it's it's a, it's ec, it's um what was your line? Exhibition oh, golf, exhibition, yeah. Um, but he said that he can't see them being a combined force because of their format and the PGA format. So he believes there's a place for it. He believes that it's done some good, um, in some ways. But but that was his view on yeah maybe. Greg can't be in the room if they're going Mm. to reach a peace treaty. Could you see Greg ever stepping down from it? Uh, Yes, Uh, I could see him. To to get what he wanted. Not stepping down, but stepping aside. I think
0: he would still certainly, he may move from, I don't know what his role is at the moment. What is it, CEO or something like that? He may go to like chairman or something like, you know, you'd call it something else who maybe even sits above that. I don't know. Um, Or to the side, but uh, it's... It's one of those things where, yes, I I can see it definitely fitting in with the schedule. Now, the PGA Tour in 2024, I believe, they're going to sort of finish their schedule around August. Mm. That's for the top players. And then they may run some other of high-elevated events. Now, in that September, October, November time period, Liv could fit in very well in that regard, in, in that sort of time slot. But um, I can't see them joining a PGA Tour or a European Tour anymore. Uh, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be a separate entity. Um, and if it was to happen, as Rory McElroy said, Greg Norman could not be the one doing the talking from, from the live standpoint.
2: He is hell-bent on finding a way to get rankings. The decision still hasn't come out, and we, we saw him combine, um, and I can't remember the name of the tour that he did. Oh, the Mina tour. The Mina tour. Right. They, uh, We've never heard from them to- again. Ne- and we haven't heard from them again. That was knocked on the head pretty quickly. Um, so that didn't go, but... That's the creativity that is going into this. That's the lateral thinking that's occurring. Um, Rory's right. With these lawsuits, very little can be achieved. But once they go and once they're done, then maybe it does open up that is there a way that we all coexist together? Because one thing that Greg is right about is that competition is good. Competition does create And it has in this circumstance, but where it leads to now, that's the multi, multi, multi millions and millions and (laughs) millions of dollar question.
0: It's the crystal ball, isn't it? And and, and the lawsuit's coming. I think the first one's in January with the Mm. European tour. Who knows what's going to happen with that? That'll be a big decision. And then you've got obviously the next one, which I think is in August next year with the PGA tour that's just got to play itself out at this stage. And until then, I can't really see anything else going forward. The ranking side of things, that's going to take a year or two of we've discussed in previous shows where they need to reach certain criteria and they're just not hitting that at the moment.
2: There will be a tipping... There will be a a boiling point, though. There will be a tipping point. And, And you get the feeling one way or the other. If some live players left and went back to the PGA, then the pressure starts to be eased back. But... If the Live Tour get a couple more top teners or top twenty players from the PGA, then it, maybe it forces Jay Monahan to the table that he doesn't want to be forced to just yet.
0: Yeah, perhaps, but I, I don't see that happening in the near future, to be honest. Um, you know, the the rumours around Cantlay and uh, Shoffley have been
2: yep. have been knocked on the head pretty much, and and they were really the next two. When we come back, Aaron Wilkin had a great weekend uh, just gone where he won the Queensland PGA. We'll preview the Australian PGA happening at Royal Queensland this weekend as well. It's all still to come and Off The Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast.
1: We might even make it. And finish it right here. Good line. Tracking at the hole. Stays out. It'll be a tapping three for Wilkin. We have to stand by and see if Justin Warren can extend this sudden Death playoff. Very good three at the last on the cusp of a breakthrough win on the Australasian Tour gonna stay on the high side he misses and Aaron Wilkin is a winner on the Australasian Tour for the first time. 29 year old from Wynnum Golf Club wins at his hometown at the second playoff hole.
2: Well, that's how it all unfolded, and that 29-year-old local uh, who's just won his first event on the Australasian PGA Tour, Aaron Wilkins, been good enough to jump on with us on Off the Tee. Aaron, I can only imagine what it felt like in the moment. What does it feel like to hear it back?
3: Yeah, I've heard that a few times already. Uh, It feels good. Um, It's a good memory that I'll keep with me for a long time, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, mate. I'm sure you much prefer to speak to Nick O'Hearn than I, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you, I was reading up on you before the show, and is it true that about six years ago, maybe a bit longer, when you first became a pro, you were also, to make ends meet, you were painting door frames to, just to get uh, by. Is that right?
3: Uh, no, my um, dad has a um, steel door frame manufacturing company, so I've done that. I've worked on the, in the factory on the floor ever since I was sort of in school on school holidays, and then when I was in QAS and then not much as a professional I was um yeah. But in COVID I sort of had to go back to that because yeah. we sort of didn't have much golf so I had to make ends meet, so I was back on the four. So um yeah, not doing that now. I'm back playing golf, which is good. To
2: good. Hear.
0: Yeah, you'll be playing a lot more golf. That's for sure, uh, Aaron. Um, I, you know, I, I did the TV commentary on the weekend, and and it was great to watch. And uh, you know, the young uh, Jack Carter, he played some beautiful golf, and he was he was uh, in in the lead or sharing the lead with Justin Warren most of the way. And then we saw you on the last hole. That 18th hole was such a tough par three, back into mm-hmm. the breeze. Had the pin cut on the right hand yep. side, and you hit a shot on the right edge of the green. Did you sort of think at that time, if I make this, I've got a chance, or, or were you feeling um, I still may or may not be in the playoff here?
3: Uh, I, I knew I had to hold it. I didn't know if it was going to um, make me win the tournament or not, but I knew that if I I wanted to be in a playoff, I was going to have to hold that. So it was sort of like a match play sort of situation, which made it a little bit easier, but it was a tricky part. No, I couldn't. I was saying to my caddy, like, you know, I want to be aggressive, but um, I sort of can't be with this... Um, putt, so I just got to sort of see it dying in. I watched it. I watched the replay. It actually didn't look like it went in slow. So I think I still hit it fast anyway.
0: But uh, it, it it was perfect speed. I think, to be honest, that we actually didn't see anyone hole a putt from that side of the green yeah. for uh, for the afternoon. But the other thing which was very interesting, I thought, was you were playing in the playoff against your roommate for the week. I mean, yeah. he, he his accommodation fell through, so you offered up your bed to him. Yeah. Now you've got to also beat him. How, how was all yeah.
3: that? <laughs> oh, it was weird. It was pretty weird. Like, we were, like, driving to the course together and we're like, oh, come on, let's, one of, like, let's go low today. Like, well, you know, it's going to be tough. Like, you know, one of us shoot four or five under, we might you never know. And then we ended up both in the playoff and it's like <laughs> then we're like you know we had the playoff and everything happened and then we drove home together <laughs> yeah, that's absolute, um,
0: absolutely absolutely brilliant
3: yeah like I mean Justin took it really well like he obviously would have been fuming but he's he's playing some good golf I don't think a win's too far away from him but like yeah you know like my parents are obviously pretty ecstatic and They wanted to have a few beers and celebrate and a few friends and family. And Justin was there. He sort of embraced it and, you know, celebrated with me, which was kind of, yeah, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, rightly so. If you are going to lose to someone, well, it's okay to lose to whoever's putting you up for the week, that's for yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. But, that's um, the caveat.
3: I said, to him, I said to him walking down to the tee, I said, if you beat me, you know, you've got to find some accommodation
0: tonight. Well, I guess my next question is, is he staying with you this week? Because you're, you're at nah. up, you're at Royal Queensland just down the road. I mean, how well do you know that golf course, by yeah, the way? Good luck, yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
3: yeah, I know it know, uh, fairly well. Like, we had the PJ there. Um, last year, or this year, January, sorry. Um, and I've played there a few times, like with Jakey McLeod. He's a member out there, so I get out there and play a few times with him every year. Um, so, yeah, not, not reasonably well.
2: So, Aaron, just in terms of your, your, your golf journey and then what's to come for you, do you plot out a path that you're wanting to follow or are you just... I'll just play the tournaments that are there and just see where it leads me? Or do you have a clear goal of where you want this to be able to springboard you to? Or is it very much just the immediate week-to-week focus of the Australasian summer? Uh,
3: I mean, obviously, want to play overseas. I, I think I've probably always thought, you know, I've always wanted that, but probably not actually concentrated on the week-to-week, which would get you to that. Um, so, obviously, yeah, like I tried to go to European Q School this year. um, in uh, Australia, the first stage was there at Rosebud. I bogeyed my last three; hours was missed by two, so um, uh, that, that wasn't that's not an option anymore. But I mean, you know, with uh, the Australian Order of Merit top three is uh, get your status on Europe, so that's clearly my goal now.
0: Yeah, understandably so. And uh, you know, you've got the, the PGA this week, the Aussie Open the next week, and a run of events. Uh, I yep. guess you know after the New Year as well. But you had a really good performance a couple of weeks ago at the W Open. Did you did you see something like this coming? I mean, it was a golf course that was very, very tough. I mean, four under ended up playing off. So mm-hmm. do, do, do you prefer those sort of grinding golf courses or, or, or do you like the ones where 15 to 20 under is going to win?
3: No, I, like, I kind of like the grinding ones, I think, because you sort of, I mean, I can make birdies, but I, I seem to have thrown a lot of bogeys as well. Um, so yeah, I just thought, uh, like with Nudgy being so hard, like, you know, you wouldn't have to have too many... Um, well, I mean, I didn't. It was a bit of a different week for me. Normally, I make heaps of birdies and make heaps of bogeys, um, but this week I sort of kept the bogeys off the card, which obviously made a difference. I didn't make as many birdies, but I gave myself a lot of chances, and it was quite steady. Yeah.
2: Hey, Aaron. Before we let you go, just to take those who might not be aware, I think we look at the top end of of golf and think, oh, what a, what a lifestyle it is. But for those who are just trying to find their way as professionals, what is the life of a of a tour golfer such as yourself.
3: I mean, it's a bit of a grind in, in Australia. Obviously, like they're, they're doing a good job at the moment. I feel is getting tournaments back on the schedule, and you know, we've got some really good players coming back for the big events, which is going to help. But I mean, in Australia, we're sort of just week to week, trying to you know make make a card or top twenty, make you know make a bit more money, so you can go the next week and um, and then try and capitalize on the big events that that pop up like an Australian Open or a PGA. So um yeah, I mean I have traveled I've travelled a bit. Like I've had I oh mean I'm I've had a great I've had a great time doing it. I've played in Japan in twenty eighteen and I played in China in twenty nineteen. Um so I've you know traveled a little bit. Um but yeah, it's I mean it's still a pretty good life. I'm not gonna sit here and winch to be honest.
2: We wouldn't expect you to, mate, but it's great to get that insight uh, for those who might just have a certain view of how the life of a golfer is and and maybe not have the other view um, as -hmm. well. But we are absolutely wrap for you that you've got this win. Can't wait to see what comes next for you. We appreciate your time on the show, and good luck this weekend.
3: Cheers. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks, Aaron. Well done, mate.
3: Cheers. Thank you, mate.
2: Aaron Wilkin just won his first Australasian PGA Tour event uh, in a playoff against the bloke who he was putting up for the weekend. It's a great story. Uh, he's good, mate, Justin Moore. And Aaron Wilkin is the Queensland PGA champion uh, for this year. Um, Nick Ahern, when we come back on Off the Tee, we're going to have a look to see who you think might be uh, hoisting up the Australian PGA Championship this year. Royal Queensland starts this weekend. Uh, looking forward to having a chat about that. And then, of course, all thanks to Ping Golf, the how to play your best golf tip of the week. Don't go anywhere. Off the Tee, back after this. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, Welcome back to Off The Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick O'Hearn with you. Nick, uh, before we get into previewing the Australian uh, PGA, which is happening at Royal Queensland this weekend, uh, a tournament that you know very, very well, a couple of other results that you wanted to shine a light on, please. Yes, on the LPGA Tour, it was their
0: season-ending event. A few of those going on at the moment. The CME Group Tour Championship, so a limited 60-player field. Now, Minji Lee had a chance to take out Player of the Year on as if she had a real good performance, and Lydia Ko didn't. But unfortunately for her, Lydia Ko played lights out to win. She shot a two-under-par 70 to win by two shots over Ireland's Leona Maguire. She actually won the biggest prize check for women's golf history, $2 million US dollars. The largest ever check for her. World number three now. She won Player of the Year honours, the Vare Trophy for the lowest scoring average. An incredible year for Lydia Ko, the New Zealander. Uh, best of the Aussies were tied, actually. Hannah Green and Minji Lee, who both finish in tied for 33rd. Now, on the men's side of things, the PGA Tour, we only we had a few of the Aussies miss the cut, unfortunately. Best of them was uh, Aaron Baddeley, finishing in tied for 39th place at the RSM Classic at Sea Island in Georgia, where 28-year-old Canadian... Won his first PGA Tour title, Adam Svensson. He bootied 16 and 17 to break out of a four-way tie to win by two strokes. An amazing victory for him. But I can't wait for this week's tournament.
2: Uh, Looking forward to that. Just before we get into our preview, use pin golf equipment so you can play your best. Pin golf equipment, custom engineered, custom fit, custom built for you to play your best golf. The pin golf, how to play your best golf tip of the week from Nick Ahern's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. What have you got for us?
0: Well, given we're at Royal Queensland and we're in Queensland the last two weeks, uh, there's a lot of grain up there. So grain on golf greens is really important to how you read it and how you play it. So the best way to figure out which way the grain's going is the lighter colour grass. If you're looking at it from that direction, it means you are down grain. And if it's darker grass, it means you're into the grain. Typically the grain will follow the slope. So down grain will be downhill and up, up uh, sorry, into the grain will be uphill. Now the it's the it's the cross grain ones where it's the tricky and and generally that's if it's going with the if it's a left to right putt and the grain's going left to right it's going to break so much more and vice versa going right to left so down grain it will be much much quicker that's the real key to it and into the grain you've got to give it a bit more so read that dark and light shades walk around the entire putt and you'll be able to see it much but much clearer.
2: Uh, in 2006, your good self won the Australian PGA. Uh, you beat Peter Lonnard, who then won his third the next year. So you just halted a little bit of history yeah. there for mm. Peter Lonnard. Uh That was at uh, Coolham, um, now at Royal Queensland. And, and what a field that's assembled. Two-time winners, Adam Scott, Cam Smith, uh, back just to name a couple. So we just wanted to get a preview from you. Uh, who wins and why? Mm. Yeah, there's there's a few good players here.
0: You know, Lucas Herbert, Cameron Davis, He's had a good year in the US. He has. I got a feeling Cameron Davis might pop up and win this one, but. Having said that, Cam Smith has been playing some great golf. Yeah. Uh, he's won twice this this championship. Adam Scott's going to have something to say about it. Harrison Crow might be another dark horse. Won the, oh, I love Harrison Crow. You know amateur, that. I do. And the other guy I know you love is Harrison Endicott. He got a late invite into the tournament. He's coming down to play as well, who just got his PGA Tour card.
2: And Minwoo Lee comes in in really, really good form. He, he, he w- had struggled a little bit when he was playing on the PGA. Had got his ranking around top 50. But the finish to his year in Europe has been really impressive. He's had uh, a couple of top three finishes. Uh, he was top twelve on the weekend. Uh, I think he comes in in really good nick. He
0: does, yeah. And don't forget defending champ Jed Morgan. He lit this place up. It is his home golf course. course he hasn't record, had it. Yeah, the tournament record. Tournament I believe. Record. He he. Or did he? Because I think I might actually hold it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, he he lit the place up last uh, last year. Now, he hasn't had a great year because he did go to Live Golf, obviously. But you never know. He might get those vibes going again. But it's so hard to go past Cameron Smith. I mean, that's ob- the obvious choice. But for my dark horse, I'm going to say Cam Davis. Two yeah, Cams. that's
2: that's really good. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. And he's with, not really even a dark horse. No, I'm with you with Cam Smith. But, but I think my dark horse is Lucas Herbert. Oh, yeah, good call. Yep. Yes. Yeah, no, he can really go. And he's had a great year. Putting. Mark Leishman, by the way, is playing. It hasn't, he hasn't, it's been a tougher year for him than we would have expected, but he, his best is as good as any. So we can't count him out either. No, no, that's sure. I mean,
0: Leish, you know, he's relaxed down here in Australia. He's got the Leishman Lager brand going, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a, be having a few beverages on the 19th hole as well.
2: Uh, so we look forward to catching up next week with the winner. Uh, of the Australian PGA. Hopefully it will be our last show next week, Nick. So we are going to go all out and do a massive preview of the Australian Open to finish off our first year of Off the Mm, Tee. So we're looking forward to that. Last show of 2022. More to come in 23. And by the way, uh, thanks to Big Swing Golf, uh, Big Swing Golf, uh, the best golf simulator getting around. Uh, you wanted to leave Royal Melbourne until our very last show because that's (laughs) where they'll be playing in the Australian. And you can play that course along with about 80 others at bigswinggolf.com.au. That's it from us and off the tee. Uh, Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Sam. Looking forward to seeing the coverage of the uh, Australian PGA from Royal Queensland uh, and wherever you're playing this weekend. I hope you hit them well. We'll speak to you next week.